So what I'm going to start talking about this morning is crucial to your Christianity, to my Christianity, to our growth. When I say crucial, I didn't use that word uh, carelessly. I know what I'm talking about. It is crucial to your Christian growth. It is crucial to your Christian sanity, especially in this world where there's so much confusion and and, uh, and idolatry. When I say idolatry, it's the worship of idols, right? And um, what what the world is worshiping, I'm going to be talking about it this morning. So this morning, as some of you may have seen from the title, I'm going to be talking about emotion versus reality. So it sounds like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing, right? <laughs> you know, when I was a child... I used to play this game, Mortal Kombat is a kind of fighting game. I don't think I will allow my kids to play those games. I will not allow them to play because why should they be punching and beating up each other and stuff like that? Good. So emotions versus reality. Why are we talking about this this morning? We're talking about this this morning because how people feel these days seems to be the reality of things. Now, if you take your time to observe the media space, you will realize that how people feel is increasingly becoming um, the reality of life. What is true, what they want, you know, it's about how I feel. I'll put it in a sense, the world worships their emotions. They worship their feeling because they've made their feeling the God of their life. How they feel determines the decision they make. How they feel determines what they do. How they feel determines how they treat people. Their feelings, right? And I don't want to downplay the fact that we are human beings and we all have emotions. You know, God, we are we, we are beings with emotions. Jesus had emotions. Jesus was not a hard a, a stone cold a stone cold hearted person like some preachers present him. No, he's not. Now people think Jesus. You know, when he said things like, um, let me see, uh, when he, let's say, for instance, in the book of John chapter 3, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. So look at this, watch this, okay. If you are listening to this, so you may not be, you may not really catch this, but that's why I would encourage that you try to be in service, uh, you know, you watch live or you go on YouTube to watch this. Now, so some people will think, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. But if you look at, if you watch a YouTube video of, um, I think I found a video on YouTube. It's not a YouTube video. It was a video I found on YouTube about the book of John. Jesus was portrayed as someone who is subtle, who is kind, who is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Jesus that I know, the one I seen in the Bible and I saw in that video, right? Uh, I'm not saying I saw Jesus in the video. I'm saying the Jesus that was portrayed in the video was that. So the guy was like, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. Whatever is born of the water. I said, okay, you need to be born again. Except you be born of the water. And born of the world, born of the okay, born of the spirit, and born of the world, uh, born of the water. Okay, I'm mixing them up now, right? So, except you are born of the water and of the world, so you cannot be born again. Ah, uh, you get to me. So Jesus speaks, you know, quietly. So if if the Bible commends us to speak to one another in love, you know, making room for fences, then we should not expect less of Jesus. Isn't it? So, um, people have a perspective of God, and they think Jesus is kind of, hard, you know, stone cold, you know, hard being. But that's not true. So, what I, what I'm trying to say here is that 
I don't want not trying to downplay human, uh, the emotions of human beings. So we are people of emotions. We have emotions. So let's establish that fact. Where we are going today, let me jump ahead of myself a little bit, is to help you and I understand that our emotions is not a reality. <laughs> our emotions are most of the time not evidence of reality. And this morning I'm speaking specifically to Christians. Amen. I'm speaking specifically to Christians. I don't know why I feel like reading that book of John chapter 3. Let's go there. John chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from verse 3. So Nicodemus came to Jesus. Listen to this. It said, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born again, to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I say, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. But Jesus did not say that, you must be born again. Amen. He <laughs> said, so the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. But something I felt in my heart to call out there is what Jesus said in verse 3. He said, very truly, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. We as believers, we have been engrafted into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We have been brought into the kingdom of God. We are no longer natural human beings. I repeat, we are no longer natural human beings who go by their gut feeling, their instinct, or by their feelings. We now belong to the family of God. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, 1, uh, 1 John 3, right? It said, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. John 1.12 tells us that, um, let's go to John 1.12. So I can pick in my spirit that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people and I'm most likely going to go in the direction that I did not plan. I mean, I mean I'm beginning to struggle with it, but what I'm going to do right now, I'm just going to release myself to the Holy Ghost and, and try not to really stick my <laughs> stick to my note. And I'm going to allow God to speak to you guys this morning. I feel the Lord wants to speak to people this morning. Amen. So John 1.12 says this. Sorry, I think my Bible is still showing me. Oh, Technology don't do this. Let's go. Let me say this. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's refreshed now. So John 1, 12, it said, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13 says, sorry, I'm reading in NIV. It's a children born not of natural descent, not of human decisions or a husband's will, but born of God. Let's take it again. John 1, 12, NIV. Yet to all who did receive him, now that's talking about you and I, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, if you are a Christian, you must have believed in the name of Jesus. The Bible says he gave you the right to become a child of God. You are a child of God. I'm a child of God. John 4, Jesus said that God is spirit. And, was, and um, 
whoever worship the Father, worship him in spirit and in truth. What I'm trying to establish here is to establish this, the, the, the actual status of the believer. It is spiritual. And nobody can feel spirit. Now the Bible tells us that we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. And this is me paraphrasing and putting quite a few scriptures together. Right. And if you and I can tell, we can feel our spirit. Because our spirit is holy and born again. But many times we are tempted to do bad stuff. Right. So most of the time, what we feel is our soul, our mind. You know, when we get some information around us, they make us feel a certain way. But our spirit is pure, is holy. Our spirit is a spirit of faith. It believes in God and trusts in God. So if you've ever had problems with anxiety, with problem with, after, I mean, after you give your life to Christ, if you've ever had problems with all manner of negative emotions, it means that you're not feeling your spirit because your spirit is perfect, it's holy, it's righteous. Right? If you have ever had a feeling of hate towards people or you are bitter towards people, you are not feeling your spirit because your spirit is a spirit of love. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says that the love of God has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Ghost who have been given to you. So how you feel is not a reflection of reality, of you, of a reality of the believer. Okay, let me paraphrase, let me rephrase that. How a believer feels most time is not a reflection of the true state of the believer, the true identity of the believer. So what I've done up until this moment is to contrast what the word is trying to say about feelings and what the life of the believer really is. So that as we continue on this journey, you have a better understanding of um, what I'm about to um, share with you guys. Amen. So let's get into it. Uh, one scripture I will, I will take my time to, I would like us to read this morning, 2 Kings 6, 8 to 17. We're going to get there, but 2 Kings 6, 8 to 17. We're, we're going to get there, but let's, let me quickly run through some things on my notes and then we get into it. So, uh, this message is titled Emotions versus Reality. Emotions versus Reality. So, what is emotions? I picked a few definitions on, on Google. All right, so it says, a, a strong feeling, this is emotions, a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances. Oh, a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances. So I'll give you an example. God forbid someone says to you that your mother died last night. How are you going to feel? If you're in good terms with your mom, okay, nobody should actually hear the death of their mother and, and, and be happy about it. But how are you going to feel? Sad? Disappointed? You know, you can, you can tell. Or if, if anyone has lost their mom, when you had, this, when you had the news that your, your mom passed on, how did you feel? Amen. So uh, you can say, so how you feel when you hear a news or due to a certain circumstance around you, right, is what we call your emotions. And um, like some people, you know, this is, okay, I don't want to trivialize how some people feel, but some people feel so bad when, when, when it's not hot and shining, when they, uh, it's not hot and shining out there, when the sun is not shining. That bothers me a little bit because <laughs> we live in the country where, <laughs> I live in the country, I live in the UK, uh, where we don't have sunshine most of the time. So if, you're, if your mood works with the weather, uh, we have a problem because you're going to have a lot of bodies. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I get it. So let's carry on. So a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances, mood or relationships with others. 
So when people annoy you, when people offend you, when people say unnice things to you, or when they say nice things to you, how you feel is what we, deter- what we define as your emotions. Another definition renders it. Instinctive or intuitive feeling as distinguished from reasoning <laughs> or knowledge. <laughs> this caught my attention when I saw it. It says, instinctive or intuitive feeling as distinguished from reasoning or knowledge. So... Let me rephrase that a little bit here. I mean, in the more common um, expression. So sometimes there's a way you feel instinctively, uh, but you don't have the facts. You're not dealing with facts. You're not dealing with knowledge. But it's just based on your intuition or your instinct. So it's part of your emotions. And I'm trusting God to help me on this journey to really uh, kind of unpack this. So uh, a picture is going to come on your screen. Uh, right now, and uh, we'll look at common examples of emotions. Common example of emotions. So on your screen there, you will have things like sadness, which is an emotional state characterized by feelings of disappointment, grief, or hopelessness. You have happiness. Everybody, a lot of people wants to be happy. I don't want to say everybody wants to be happy. You know, a pleasant emotional state that elicits feelings of joy, contentment, and satisfaction. Amen. Then there's fear, there's anger, you know, anger and emotional state leading to feelings of hostility and frustration. And there's surprise, oh, when somebody actually, um, when, your, when your boyfriend proposed to you the day to come. <laughs> I love doing what I do, so I'm going to, I'm catching this one here. Right, so surprise, a brief, a, I love how I put it, it said a brief emotional state, either positive or negative, uh, following something unexpected. And disgust, a strong emotion that results in feeling repulsed. Amen. Right. So, as you can see on your screen, you know, six types or common types of emotions. And um, let's start talking about the ones that are very peculiar to believers. They fit into those six types, you know, one way or the other. But because we are spiritual beings, like I've established earlier on, let's look at the ones that are so, so peculiar to us. A common one. God is angry with me. Many people feel God is angry with them. And I'm thinking, have you seen God before? Have you, had, have you seen God before to know what his emotion is like? Or how he feels about you? For you to determine that he's angry at you. You know, when human beings are angry at you, what do they do? They say all oh, manner of stuff. You know, they say nasty stuff. They are unkind towards you. But the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, look at this. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he has told you how he feels about you constantly in his word, then why do you then choose to, feel, to, to believe how you feel? So you may feel like God is angry with you, but is that reality? Is that truth? Because when you go into the word of God, it says differently. Some people feel God has left me. I don't understand. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what are you believing here? Because what you believe is what determines the reality you experience. So if you feel God has left you, on what basis? Who told you God has left you? Amen. So how we feel is very, very, I mean, most times, especially negative feelings, is very different from the reality of our spiritual identity as believers. 
So we need to start speaking to ourselves, to start checking out how we feel. This morning, I wasn't feeling, we had, I had a very long weekend. I was feeling a little bit tired this morning. And a little bit of, um, um, how, how, do, how do you put it? I don't want to use cranky. Grumpy, a little bit grumpy here and there, you know. Those thoughts, were, those thoughts of grumpiness were coming to my mind when we were doing that, but I just kept refusing them. I'll say to you, I've been able to do what I'm doing right now. And I've been able to do a lot of, a lot of things because I put my emotions where they ought to be. The negative ones, I bring them under the obedience of Christ. So I exhort the words of Jesus over how I feel. And in this world where the world is so much idolizing their feelings, you know, their feeling is what is truth. It's how I feel. It's about how I feel. Every believer who wants to survive, and I use the word survive, who wants to survive because it's a fight, who wants to survive and walk in victory and remain joyful in this end time must train themselves. I'm going to help my church family to do this to a very much extent. And I'm going to be training them. This is part of what I'm doing for the church family. So I'm training church family to be skilled at handling their emotions. Many of us are aware of times when you think somebody is angry at you and they were not even thinking about you. My wife and I, we, we we're going to start a journey. Uh, uh, I would call it, um, it's a podcast actually, um, Discover and Become. I mean, that's the place we want to begin to trash all the lies that we have believed, all the perceptions that the enemy has put in our mind that is affecting how we think. So many people want to, they are trying to live their life to impress other people. People who are not even thinking about them, who don't even care about them. So can you say that how you feel, it's most of the time, I mean the negative feelings right now, how you feel most of the time are not a reflection of reality. Even in the natural world, but now we're just trying to focus on, on the spiritual world. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of um, Hebrews 12, 15, that looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become the fight. You know what? Let me read that in NLT, Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. So, why are we looking at this verse? Now, the world and many Christian sectors or circles, you know, don't see anything wrong in, uh, <clears throat> in um, nursing bitterness and resentment in their heart, causing division. They don't see anything wrong in it. But the Bible is telling us that there are many things wrong in it. So, when we when we indulge ourselves in negative emotions, bitterness, unforgiveness, right? it may sound justifiable based on what your therapist or anything may have told you, but the Bible tells us here that this thing is going to kill you. You know, I, 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 I was once part of a church, and um, one of the advice they give is this. It's quite a big church, actually, and it's not a Nigerian church, in case somebody's thinking... Is a, is a black church. It's a you know church of um, African church. Let me put it that way. There's no, there's no such thing as black or white church. It's a church of the body of Christ. Right. So I was speaking to one of the members, and this is what the church generally believes. So they say, you know, what you feel it, if you feel something, we let it all out. Say it all out. And I was like, you know, you don't say it all out. You speak the word of God 
to counter the negative emotions you're having. So one of the things you don't understand is this. When many, not you, many people don't understand is this. Now, when you are feeling hatred, resentment, and all manner of stuff, and you are voicing it, you are venting them, say, let it all out, vent it, say it, look for a place, and, and swear at them, and do this and do that. Now, the words we speak are powerful. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. So, if you follow the advice of your therapist and all this kind of stuff, and they tell you, let it all out, say it, you know, find a place, punch them, you know. So, they, what, what some of them tell you is that you should look for a kind of mannequin and just assume it's a person and swear at them and slap them and do stuff and let it all out on them. Now, what I know is this, according to Word of God and experience, is that you, you allow that hate and that anger to find root in your heart. You drive them deeper in your heart because what you mix emotions with and you see becomes, is more, is, it forges, uh, forges stronger in your mind. I'm trying to use common language. I'm trying not to use the words I use in my profession here. Okay, so when you mix emotions with certain words, with certain expressions, bitterness and stuff like that, and, um, you, you, and you, you let it out, you pour out venom. Do you know what you do? You, it may sound like counteractive, right? But it's the truth. So as you let them out, what you do is that you drive them further down inside of you and you make it bigger inside of you. So if your, what's it called, therapist is telling you to find a mannequin and pour out anger and stuff on those things, they want to kill you. And this is what the church believe. And they were telling me all kind of stuff. And they were recommending that I come to one of those sessions so I can deal with stuff in my life. I'm like, you guys kidding. Because many people actually think I put, I'm putting on a facet. They think I'm putting on a mask. And I remember one day they did something. So I can see a mask. I was like, are you, are you joking? What, who I am outside is who I am behind. So many of believers, they don't, many believers or Christians don't believe that a believer can actually be happy and joyful 24 7 you know they don't believe they can see a christian for six months and they never had a downtime i know that i don't have downtime because i do express my downtime you know when i feel tired and exhausted and stuff like that but it wasn't enough for them they still wanted me to show that you know to express that the world has uh, the world has crashed over me um they are, they are helpless i don't want to personalize it they want me to express feelings of helplessness you know pity because they do that in one of the life groups i used to attend back then and i was like i'm not gonna allow that i'm not gonna and i'm gonna entertain that i'm not gonna accept that as my reality I'm a few that with that certain and sometimes, but that is not the reality because the Bible tells me that I am more than a conqueror through Christ who love me. Amen. The Bible tells me that God is in me. The Bible tells me that God is for me. The Bible tells me that God cares about me. So it, it's not that I don't have the feelings. The feelings come, but I, I refuse to embrace them because that's not the truth. The reality is what God says about me. So the question now is, who do you believe? Do you believe God or do you believe your emotions? Because your emotions will rack you. Now, Satan is always trying to hijack our emotions so that it can use them against us, so that it can use it as a, bait, as a, as a kind of a bait to bring us into captivity. Many people are in serious depression because the devil has, for a long period of time, you know, allowed them, help them, encourage them to sleep, wine, and dine with those negative emotions of helplessness, self-pity. Many people today, you know, if only they can snap out of that emotions and begin to believe in what the Word of God says, their life would change. I mean, they, like, their life would have a 180-degree turn in few months. 
Because the reality of situation is not how they feel. The reality of the situation is what the word of God says about them. But most of the time, we, because we have um, embraced this negative and toxic emotions for a long period of time, then our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, you know, they, 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 they kind of embrace them and they, have, they form a structure. I don't want to use big words. They form a kind of stronghold in our heart that it becomes a reality. They frame the way we think and how we see things. And we just begin to see that as a truth. And if we want to see breakthrough, if we want to experience true happiness in Christ Jesus, we must, we must um, make up our mind to start the journey of killing negative emotions by embracing the reality that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. God's word which you cannot see, which you cannot feel, is the truth. The emotions and the things you feel is not the truth. Amen. So you may be um, you may be familiar with the situation of the world when it comes to how they see emotions. You know, emotions today, how people feel today, is drastically you know um, trumping morality, inte- intelligence. You know, <laughs> and many believers are are given into this way of thinking, this way of life. The believer is meant to live a a, a principle driven lifestyle, a Bible driven lifestyle not an emotion driven lifestyle and that is because anything can make if you don't forget our definition of emotion a strong feeling derived from one's circumstances circumstances can make you feel awkward but you should not take that as your truth so because circumstances you know you you, you don't have a control over circumstances in in many respects and i'm talking about external factors human beings and your job, you know, the economy, you don't have control over those things. So they will always be shaking in those areas, right? But what you have control over is how you respond to those things. How you respond to those things. You know, the fact that you were sexually abused does not mean you nurse hurt and bitterness in your heart. You know why? Because it's going to kill you. What the person did, is it bad? Yes. Should they be, prosecu- should they be uh, prosecuted for that? Yes. But should you nurse it? No. Why? Because it's going to kill you. Because that person who sexually assaulted you, abused you, when they ask God, okay, this is going to sound nice. When they ask God for forgiveness and genuinely repent, God accepts them. Amen. God accepts them. And it will, it will feel so bad when the person you have nursed hatred and anger and unf- and bitterness against all your life right now start doing well. And it's one of the things that actually makes people die quicker. Because they can't believe that somebody who did bad to them, who harmed them, is now living a better life. So I had to resolve in my heart at some point that, you know what, there's no point nursing bitterness and anger and resentment in my heart because it's not going to take me far. Because if the other person repents, thank you, Holy Spirit, if that person repents, God accepts them. And the thing is this, God, God is so merciful. And you may think God is unfair, but the thing is this, <laughs> God is ever patient towards us. God always sees what we can become, the good we can become, and is ever patient towards us to help us become who he wants us to be or who we can be in Christ Jesus. So as God is patient towards them, he's patient towards you. So you may not have committed as horrible sin as that person, right? But when we are doing that, you are committing sin. Sin is sin in God's sight. And what the Holy Spirit just said to me is this. This is the reason why we all must protect ourselves. Mind how you allow yourself around certain people who may be abusive or controlling. 
Now, many of such people have given you their emotions to the devil and the devil has hijacked their emotions and the devil through them is destroying many lives. Amen. And I will not allow some men or some kind of women in my household because I can see what they are capable of. I can see they are emo- they, they emotion-driven people. They are driven by what they see in movies. I, was, I, I, spent, I spent time with a few families at some point and um, I... Because I'm a kind of a good observer to some extent, I mean, reasonable things, I mean, things that are relevant things, I could see how the movies they are watching, the filthy and ungodly movies they are watching is defining how they see things. Right? And because they, they give themselves to these movies, these movies are reality. And even when they're talking about spiritual things, they say these things from the picture, from the pictures, uh, or with the pictures of the movies they have seen. So they, they, they try to describe biblical things with ungodly perspective and to them is reality so because i know these people can harm my family i will not allow them to come too close or even close at all if i can amen because if they hurt your family and they ask god for forgiveness tomorrow yeah he will forgive them and obviously because they did not know they, they didn't know they didn't know these things that i'm sharing with you now so you have to protect yourself protect your family protect your children Amen. Don't give any excuse or room to someone to abuse or to harm your family. There's some hurts that we cannot avoid, right? But most of the hurts we can avoid by managing how we allow people to come close to us. Amen. So let's get into the church a little bit here. We are Christians, right? Um, in many Christian circles today, a lot of people are looking for a few good church. You know, go to church, you go on Sunday and you feel good. And many churches are actually selling that to people. Right? I'm not saying that we should start looking for churches that, that where we would not be excited, we would not be joyful. But one thing we must bear in, bear in mind is, is the Bible says, whosoever the Father loves, he chastises. Now, chastise means to word correct, word trade. So when God is correcting you, as you read the Bible, not with evil circumstances, so let me make that clear. God does, not, God does not correct his children with evil circumstances. Whatever is of God is good. Whatever is of the devil is bad. So whatever is bad is of the devil. So if many people think that God is the one you know, bringing evil circumstances into people's life to teach them a lesson, they are simply saying that God and the devil are friends. But the Bible tells us in the book of Acts 10, 38, that our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went about doing good. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God in action, right? Jesus is, the, is, is, a, is, a, physical, is, a, is a physical representation of God. I'll put it, Jesus is God in a human body, in a human form. Jesus is God in a human form. He came to represent God. He came to show us the, the things that God do. And if God never, if Jesus never did any evil, we should never expect Jesus to do any evil to, uh, sorry, if Jesus never did any evil, we should not expect that God does evil to people. Je- part of the reason why Jesus came to the earth is to come and show us how kind and how loving God is towards us. Amen. So, Let's start questioning whatever we have believed, thinking that God uses evil circumstances to teach us a lesson. So going back to the Bible, when the Lord is correcting you, it corrects you with a word and some sharp rebuke in your heart. Like, Lord, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I'm sorry. And it doesn't feel good at that point in time because you realize that something you've been doing is bad. And you should be remorseful and you should repent. Amen. Something called godly sorrow. 
right? It, it, godly sorrow doesn't doesn't produce regret in your life. So if there's anything you are regretting, you need to, we need to talk about it because you're not supposed to be regretting, but you should, you know, you should take lessons from your mistake and look up to God to help you come out of that challenge or whatever you are into right now. Yeah, uh, at this point in time, Amen. So a lot of Christians are looking for a feel good church. We should not be looking for churches where we feel good. Every church we go to should edify us. God has not called me to be a clown, right? Or to be a, a, comed- a comedian to make you guys laugh. No, God has called me to minister the word of God to you, to heal you, to strengthen you, to develop you, to help you to be mature. Now, if you want your kids to, to grow and become mature, Okay, let me, I'm just trying to think of what kind of games parents play with their children. So let's say hide and seek, for instance. If you play hide and seek with your child all day, even when they were 10, 15, do you think they'll become mature or, or intelligent? No. When it gets to a certain point, you begin to give them some serious stuff. They need to feed themselves, themselves by themselves. Or, let's put it this way. If you keep feeding your child you know, up until the age of 5, 10, 15, do you think they'll become mature? No. What I'm trying to say here is this. <laughs> And, okay, you, and you, you may notice that when you begin to when you begin to teach your child to do something by themselves, by themselves, children are interesting sometimes, right? Sometimes some of them they think it's punishment. Some children, when God, when when their parents, you know, tell them to come to church, sometimes some parents don't say it very nicely though. But when you begin to subject a child to something that will build them up, help them to be strong and mature, they think you are punishing them, and it doesn't feel good. But twenty years, twenty years down the line, they were like, thank God my mom did this. Thank God my dad did this. By that point in time, they frowned them face, you know. Uh, the, the people with the, 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 the category of people with the highest shoulders are teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they, they leave their shoulder as if, uh, 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 as, as if the world revolves around them. <laughs> I don't know what teenagers think when we, are, when we are teenagers. Amen. So, looking for a church to make you feel good will not help you. But looking for a church where you can be fed spiritually, where you can be strengthened. Yeah, I know some pastors are still kind of funny. I'm not the best of pastors, right? But I've been, I can see, I know, I know pastors that are, I know more mature than me that I'm learning from. And I've seen pastors that are like, Mm-mm, you don't do that. Amen. So in the midst of the world where, you know, everything is, a lot of things has to do with image, perception, smoke screen, effects. Uh, you might find it difficult to find a place to where you can be actually be spiritually fed. And I'm saying to you, don't go to, don't look for churches where it's about how you feel. No. The believer is to live a Bible-driven, Bible-principle-driven life. So and what I'm trying to say is this, the believer's life must be driven by what the Word of God says, not by how they feel. Amen. Uh Fantastic. So let's start look at, talk. Let's talk about um, emotional relationship with God. Emotional relationship with God. Now, like I said earlier, on that God creates us, uh, created us with emotions, uh, but we must detest emotionalism. Emotionalism is when we worship our feelings. You know, when we worship, when we exalt. I'm trying. To, I need more simpler words, please. <laughs> when we magnify or make. Uh, Okay, I'll just read, idolize. So get a dictionary and uh, get a dictionary and find that out. You know, so when we, okay, also when when I say Trump, that's another big word, right? Yeah. So when your emotions trump reality, when how, how you feel is what is reality to you, 
when how you feel is the truth, when how you feel, when, when, when nothing matters but how you feel. And I've seen a lot of these in movies. I think one's the reason why I stopped watching so many movies. Yeah. Um, some movies, or I mean, I'll put it this way, I think it's the reason why you know I just have to, I cut down so much on movies because if movies project to you that your emotions are reality and that's what counts is how you feel, if it feels good, do it. It's going to condition how you think, right? And you'll be driven by your emotions. The fact that it feels good does not mean you should do it. It may feel good, but that's your, it will feel good to your flesh. And the Bible tells us that to be carnally minded is death, which means to be naturally minded, to walk by, purely by your senses, to walk purely by how you feel, leads to destruction. Leads to destruction. You know, many men have, have gone into debt because uh, a financial deal that was um, presented to them felt good. Like, man, this is a deal where, you know, they say to their wife, you know, if I invest into this, if I put my money, if I put our money into this investment in, in five years' time, but no, 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 in six months' time, we'll be millionaires. <laughs> Amen. It feels good. Many, many Christians have gone into trouble, into debt because it feels good. Like, man, this is a, the fact that it feels good doesn't mean you should do it. The fact that it feels good doesn't mean you should put your money into it. Each and every one of us must learn to build sound principles for our life and govern our life by those principles. See, there's so much deception out there and people are out there to deceive you. They are out there to deceive us. I remember one day God said to me, said, when people tell you something, you need to go and check. He said, because there are a lot of lies out there. I was like, really? And he started showing me some pictures, some things. I'm like, really? Yes. And trust me, I had to start learning to check things. I realized that there's so many people who lie among even Christians. They lie. Amen. So we all need to learn to um, find out the principles by which God wants us to live our life and go by it. You know, a man, I live and conduct our lives by these principles. Now, a man may say to you, you are beautiful. A man may come out, if it's just a single person I'm speaking to you, you know, it looks charming. Everything looks good, right? Everything feels good. But if you listen carefully, you may begin to hear things that are, that are counter, that counteract sound, uh, uh, sound morality. Because morality now in the world is very blurry and there's a lot of gray area. The gray area, you know, gray area, you know, sometimes gray area, you say it's just a gray area, just a little tiny little bit, you know, between black and white. But the gray area now has covered a lot of white. How you get to me? And we are, we are now finding it difficult to even find white, right? There's, everything now gray, situational ethics, everything is... Just, and the white and the black are, are, are becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is why I believe that um, God is calling me to start dealing with this. Amen. Amen. So talking about emotional relationship with God, a few examples that I gave earlier on, God is angry with me. God has left me. Our relationship with God should not be emotional. Our relationship with God should be based on what God says. There's a problem of integrity in the world. People don't really do what they say. And many of us, you know, many of us will lie. Whether, you know, we, 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 we lie, 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 lie. We lie, 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 lie. See, lying affects your relationship with God. Because what you say, there's no integrity in what you say. So likewise, you will find it difficult to believe somebody else. 
So when the Bible is telling you you should not lie, it's for your own good. See, everything the Bible tells us not to do is for our own good. God is trying to protect us from getting ourselves into a kind of funny bondage. Amen. So everything the Bible tells you don't do is for your own good. Lying affects how you see yourself. Lying affects what you believe. See, the devil is so skewed, yeah, and he is he's so skewed that he, he will not he, he, will, he will encourage you to keep doing some bad stuff and ensure that you do you are not able to connect the bad stuff you're doing with the negative consequences and impact in your life. And that's one of the biggest problems we have in the world today. So people are doing some bad stuff and they are reaping the consequence, but they are not connecting it. Amen. They can't connect it. So for the believer, you're not supposed to have an emotional relationship with God. And when you go to the place of prayer, right, it should not be about how you feel. Because I found myself at some point in time where I went from place of um, uh, praise and worship to being depressed in like five minutes. Because as I was praising and worship, and that's when I used to be part of a legalistic church. When I say legalistic church, I mean the church that, 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 um, that live their Christian life based on their works, what they do. You know, they believe that God will bless them based on what they do. So I was praising and worshiping. And back then also, your praise and worship is to impress God. Is to make, So you dance unto the Lord like David danced. That's what they say. So dance unto the Lord like David danced so that you can receive God's blessing. Dumb stuff. Right? So I was, you know, dancing. I was praising God, you know, so that God can be happy with me in a sense. And the devil struck my mind with a thought. And I went from excitement to depression less than five minutes. It just it said something, 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 and I was like, oh, that is true. Mm, 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 and just messed about it messed up my entire day. Amen. So when we are relating with God, so even in your praise and worship, it, it should not be so that you can feel good, so or so that God can be happy with you. I mean, Jesus help me to deliver this. Everything you do with God should be based on God's word. We must be people of integrity. Stop lying. Simple. Stop lying. Because it affects how you live with God, how you see God, how you believe God's word. Because you are lying, and you know you're a liar, right? Not your identity. So when people are lying to you, 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 you then you, you, you get suspicious that they must be lying. So when you read God's word, your subconscious mind like, God must be lying. The sad thing is that it doesn't come to your mind in those words, but it's the truth. You're like, it's not true. It can't be true. Amen. And if you're a person who speaks the truth, you'll be able to quickly pick when people are lying to you. If a person will lie, even when people are saying the truth to you, you won't believe it and you miss opportunities. Amen. Amen. So we are to walk by faith, not by sight. We are to walk by um, Bible-based principles, not motivational speakers-based principles. I've listened to a lot of motivational speakers and it's, <laughs> even the ones that claim to be Christian. Jesus helped me this morning. Okay, let me, let me not call out their names. And the way they quote scriptures, you can tell that they don't know the word of God. And if you're a believer who knows what the word of God says, you know that these people are using, are using the scriptures to make money and to get you excited. The scriptures are not to get you excited. The, Christi- the, the, the scriptures are to edify your beauty of making you strong, help you to know your rights and privileges in Christ, to help you to know that you are a child of authority. You know, when you're, so when you're working in authority, sometimes it doesn't feel exciting and good. Um, likewise, it doesn't feel bad or feel horrible, but it's a place of knowing on the inside when you are bold and very courageous. Now, when a CEO is discharging his duties, 
it's not feeling super excited and it's not feeling sad, but it feels empowered. So the word of God is to make you feel empowered and be in charge of your life, not to make you feel good. So when we begin to understand that we are to live our life based on the biblical principles and we are seeing the word of God work in our lives, we realize that we feel more empowered, we feel more in charge of our life, we are more stable. You see, emotionalism makes people unstable in their work with God. Because the day they feel good, they feel God is happy with them. The day they feel bad, they feel God is not happy with them. When they're not feeling good, they feel that God has departed them. But these are not true because that's not what the Word of God says. The Bible says to us in the book of Galatians chapter 4 that God has sent the Spirit of the Son into our heart, into our spirit, not into our feelings. I think Galatians 4, 6. The Spirit of Christ the spirit of power, the resurrection power of God is not in your feeling. And this is one of the reasons why some people from Christians feel they are powerless. See, your power in Christ Jesus is not in your feeling. Your power in Christ Jesus is in your spirit and you have to know it. You have to acknowledge it. You have to speak it. You have to act on it. The more you act on it, the more you speak it, the more you believe it, you realize that the power finds expression. The power of God at work in you is not an exciting thing. Maybe, maybe some people have had the privilege to see me minister the word of God, minister life to people and deliver us and stuff like that. It's not something of excitement for me. I don't minister the power of God to people to feel excited. Or I don't feel excited when I'm doing that. I just, I'm occupying my position, position in Christ Jesus because most of the time it's a matter of life and death. So I'm not looking to feel good. I mean, I can see the devil wants to take someone out and I got to rescue them. So some people think they feel good. I want to feel empowered. No, I operate from the knowing on the inside. Let me show down with this. Um, I've said this story several times, but I said I was going to share it again with you guys this morning. One morning, I was so hungry. You mean hungry? You know what I'm hungry, hungry? Hungry that you cannot concentrate at work. So I went to a grocery shop to get uh, something to eat. And as I was going, a guy ran after me. I didn't know if I, I, I have, I, I may have spoken, I've spoken to the guy once or twice. I don't know. I, but it's not someone I talk to. But he's been observing me. Friends, people are watching. But he's been observing me. I don't know. Because I'm quite, I, then I used to be kind of come quiet at work because I was dealing with, I was dealing with politics at work back then. And guys, I said, I perceive you are a pastor. I said, no. Then I, we just started Transformers Church then. It was kind of um, about three, four, three and a half years ago now. And he said, sir, I've been struggling with suicidal thoughts. Guys, don't forget, I was so hungry. So I think by supernatural strength, I was able to hear what the problem was. He said, he'd be struggling. He said he's been struggling with suicidal thoughts for the past three weeks. And at that same morning, he was very close to jumping on the real track to be, to be run over by a train. He said he was that close. So he was so unstable, he was panicky because he could see death. I said, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, that's no problem, that's no problem. I said, I'll, I'll catch up with you later because I knew it was a basic thing. And, but don't forget, I was hungry. I'm not feeling spiritual. I'm not, I wasn't feeling excited. Oh, wow, the power of God is in me. No, no. I got the food, so I was going. And I was coming, going back to my desk. The Holy Spirit said, Tune, pray with that guy now. I was like, I'm hungry. I need to eat so that I can hear and I can pray for this guy. So that's contrary to what some people believe that you need to be I've been fasting so before God can walk towards you, to our walk in you. Story. So I called the guy. I said, okay. Okay, I saw this pretty okay, okay, I'm gonna do this. So, young man, come, what's the problem? So, and this was corridor. I was I was working in financial services, you know, so you can't be praying and fasting and laying hands or go and get your anointing oil. Friends, Christianity is real, I mean, this thing is real. 
And I was like, okay, I'm excited now, right? Okay, that's why. <laughs> but I was hungry that day. I wasn't this excited. I said, okay, step aside. I looked into his eyes. I said, look, look, just look at me. And I said, no, I said, I looked into his, into his head and I said, you know me and I know you. Now in the name of Jesus, leave this mind. Get your hands off this mind right now. I didn't, I didn't say three, I didn't, I didn't make three statements. And I saw that he's too staggered. I said, how are you feeling now? He said, I felt something just left me. Eight months after, this guy did not struggle with suicidal thought. Eight months after, he was still alive. And do you know the sad, the, the, I don't know the sad part. The interesting thing is that this guy was a Muslim. So if you think God wants to kill people who are non-Christians, you don't believe right. Because those are the people that Jesus said, I came for the sick, not for the people who, who, who are well. Sorry, I've taken a few minutes of, out of your time this morning. Amen. This is, this is a very serious matter. So I told you that story to let you know that I wasn't feeling powerful. I was rather hungry. And the moment I finished, I ran to my desk. I opened my food and I started eating. So the place of authority and the place of power for the believer is not in his feelings. It's in the place of knowing. Amen. So friends, I leave you with this. Let's start that journey of living in reality. And where reality is, is in the word of God. Those things we cannot see, not in the place of feelings. And for us to begin to experience the reality, we must start acknowledging reality, believing in what, what the word of God says and talking about it and isolating ourselves from the lies and the deception that the world is constantly bombarding us with. Guys, um, if you'd like to join us, uh, for, uh, if you'd like us to have a, a, a quick catch-up, I mean, you'd like to talk to us, you can join us on Zoom right now. So if you look, at, if you look on the description, I just go in, go, go, uh, on the description of this video, uh, you see a link to Zoom there, and just click on that, and they will admit to in shortly. And um, we'd like to meet you, uh, connect with you guys on Wednesday, where my wife and I will talk more, a little bit more about this, probably from things that we discussed this um, this morning, a few things that stood out to us on what we think people need more clarification on, uh, we pick them up and we talk about it on Wednesday at Transform as a um, catch up with Tony and Jolami. And then you will see a find on your screen right now that again the the, uh, the the poster for Transformers Connect. Yeah, so um, my wife put it up on the screen right now. So it's for the okay. So do you have it now? Good. So this is where church really happens. I've had more testimonies from this from these meetings than I have from Sunday services. I mean, it's where people actually talk. It's where people actually see how much they understand the word of God. How it happens, I don't understand, but what I know is that things happen there. Amen. So please join us on Wednesday at eight o'clock for that meeting. And um We'll be happy to host you. So thank you guys for connecting with us this morning. Thank you for sparing me extra 10 minutes. I appreciate that. Um, I pray for you that as you go this week in the name of the Lord Jesus, that your mind will be quickened, your mind will be steered to embrace the reality of God and walk by faith, not by sight, not by feeling in the name of Jesus. God bless you guys. I'll speak to you soon.